Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor onboarding and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. So stay tuned. Today, I am talking about a social engineering method called vishing. Okay, everyone, welcome to episode two, where the topic is social engineering, four internal controls to combat vishing and protect the vendor master file from fraud. So if you're not able to see the title as you're listening to this podcast, I actually said vishing with a V and not phishing with a PH. Let's talk about phishing and vishing and confidential and sensitive personal information and what that means for accounts payable and the vendor master file. So first, I think we need to define what phishing is, Um, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And according to Merriam-Webster.com, phishing is a fraudulent operation by which an email user is duped into revealing personal or confidential information, which can be used for illicit purposes. Now, phishing, spelled V. I-S-H-I-N-G, and that's V as in Victor, so vishing, was not in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, but I did find it in a December 22nd, 2014 article called Let's Go Vishing, and that's on social-engineer.org, where they defined it as, and I quote, eliciting information over the phone. So let's define what confidential information or sensitive personal information, SPI, is for the vendor master file. So one is the tax ID. Now the tax ID could be an employer identification number or EIN for a corporation, but it could also be a social security number for an individual. And if your accounting system or ERP only has one field to enter that ID in, the field needs to be treated as SPI. The other information from the vendor master file is the bank details. And again, here many companies give deposit only accounts to make payments to, but going back to that individual, it may also be a withdrawal account. So that field needs to be treated as SPI. And when I say fields, I mean, or field, I mean all fields. And that includes the routing number, the SWIFT um, SWIFT code, BIT code, IBAN, All of your banking detail fields need to be treated as SPI in addition to the bank account number. Now the last field that I have is the birth date and that's where the IRS began requiring companies, I believe it was back in January of 2017, to collect the birth date for those foreign individuals that did not have a foreign tax ID. 
So those are the three. It is the tax ID, it is any of the banking details, and then it is also the birth date for any foreign vendors. There may be more in your company, but these are what are generally considered SPI or confidential information in the vendor master file. Now, putting all three together to define what it means for accounts payable teams and the vendor master file. Phishing, that is to dupe people to reveal confidential information or SPI. And then the SPI fields in the vendor master are the tax ID, the bank details, and the birth date. And then phishing, which is getting the information over the phone. So this means that the social engineering attack of phishing is trying to get your accounts payable team members to reveal the vendor's tax ID, banking, or birth date over the phone. So you may be wondering just how common is phishing and do you really need to worry about it? So going back to the social-engineer.org article, Let's Go Fishing, it said, and I quote, it's proven to be one of the most successful methods of gaining information needed to breach an organization even when used by an inexperienced attacker. When you can't hack your way through your pen test, when you can't break in with your red team, when your fishes are blocked or ignored, simply call someone up and get the info you need. And looking around the site, according to social-engineer.org, the most common social engineering attack is conducted by a phone. And while the site indicated that 77% of all social attacks are phishing, businesses still lost $43,000 per account by phishing. So you can see where the accounts payable teams may have an issue, right? The human voice, the oldest form of communication, and we actively train our help desk team members to be helpful. So... What can be done to keep accounts payable, help desk team members from revealing SPI in a vishing attempt? Well, the 2018 Cisco report to the nations stated that internal control weaknesses were responsible for nearly half of all frauds. So here are four internal controls to combat vishing attempts and protect the vendor master file from fraud. The first internal control is question the vendor. So going back to social-engineer.org, if you ask the visher for their name, company, and phone number, or if you put them on hold, the visher will disconnect. So if the help desk team member is uncomfortable in any way, they can take the caller's information, tell them someone will call them back, and if they actually get identifying information from this potential fissure, it can be validated or they can hand that over to leadership and or the security team for your company. For that to work though, you need to make sure that the help desk team members are trained not to fall for the Vishers initial hook where they try to connect with the help desk team member in that first few seconds with some urgent emotional issue. 
So let's say your name is Mary, you get a phone call from a visher. So the visher can have a baby crying in the background. They can say, your name is Mary, my name is Mary too. And then all of a sudden it comes out, um, I'm working from home because my baby is sick and my boss calls yelling at me because I'm not at work. And he's yelling about the payment that was due last week. So I thought I could call you really quick, but I'm not in front of my computer, but it was the last invoice sent. Um, you said it was paid. So can you tell me what bank account that was deposited in so I could check there? My boss is going to kill me if I don't find that payment. So I'm back to Deborah. I may have gotten a little dramatic, but it is actually reality. If you do a search out there on the web, you will find videos or recording of phone calls from Fisher that sound the same way. So train your staff to not fall for those initial hooks and question the vendor, which is our internal control number one. Internal control number two, authentication. Authenticate the caller by asking them to verify elements only someone from the vendor that is calling into the help desk would know. We do this personally when we call in to check our personal accounts. It can be done for the vendors too. The elements should be from different functions in your accounting system or ERP. Maybe something from the invoice, something from the vendor file, and something from the PO. For example, it could be an invoice number and the last four digits of the bank account number, or it could be the PO number and the buyer for the PO. The key thing to remember is to identify authentication elements that are not readily available to any external party except the vendor. Now you're asking for at least two just in case a visher has come across another element such as the invoice. You also want to rotate the elements that you ask so it's not always the same. Internal control number three, limit information revealed. Even when the vendor authenticates, still limit the information that the help desk team members can give the vendor over the phone. Based on your company and industry, separate the type of information that can be given over the phone and the type of information that can only be confirmed. For example, let's say a vendor used a, their invoice number and their buyer's name to authenticate, but now you've told them that their payment has gone out and they want to verify which bank account the payment went to. And that is a reasonable request. But instead of having the help desk team member tell the vendor what bank account payment was issued to, have the vendor tell the help desk team member the bank account number on the vendor master file and then the help desk team member can confirm whether or not that's the same bank account that the payment was issued to. A key item for this control is to make sure that the information that you've determined can be given over the phone is not the same information that is used to authenticate the vendor. Internal control number four send vendor confirmation. If any information is updated in the vendor master file, have a means to notify the vendor using the previous information prior to the update. If an email was updated, send a notification to the previous email address and let the vendor know that there was a change on the account. 
include in the notification the reply to information to get back to the team in case the change was not initiated by the vendor. So the key on this one is that supporting documentation should be required for any change to the vendor master file. The help desk team members should not be making any changes. However, there are those times where a remittance email address has been fat fingered. They didn't receive the remittance advice, which is why they're calling into the help desk anyway. So maybe you've got to go in and update or maybe even add that remittance email address. Again, in that case, follow up with a vendor confirmation with data that was on the file prior to the change. Now these were non-technical ways to handle Visher calls. If your company has an IVR that can pre-screen to authenticate callers, that's great. But keep in mind that those IVRs usually have a bypass that takes you directly to the help desk team member where the caller can skip authentication or it defaults to the help desk team member if the caller cannot authenticate. And these four internal controls can be used when that happens. Or maybe your company has a vendor self-registration portal for vendor onboarding and maintenance, which includes invoice payment status information. That reduces the potential for fraud because now your help desk can refer vendor callers to the portal if they have questions regarding their vendor record or their invoice payment status. So we had a lot of information today. Let's do a quick recap. For accounts payable in the vendor master file, vishing was defined as the social engineering attack to get your accounts payable team members to reveal the vendor's tax ID, banking, or birth date over the phone. There are four internal controls that can combat vishing attempts. Internal control number one is question the caller. Internal control number two is authenticate the caller. Internal control number three is to limit the information revealed. And internal control number four is to send vendor confirmation. If I missed any methods or controls your team is using to combat vishing, post it in the comments. You may enlighten a peer or give everyone one more weapon to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are interested in training for you or your team to protect the vendor master file from fraud, head over to my website, DebraRRichardson.com, where you can enroll in online courses, sign up for webinars with Q&A sessions, or contact me for on-site training. Now, if you have a vendor story, such as did you avoid a phishing or a vishing attempt? Did you and your team implement a vendor portal and you want a chance to be interviewed on an upcoming episode for your family, friends, coworkers, current leadership, future leadership to hear? Go to my site, DebraRRichardson.com, and join my mailing list. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the second episode of Putting the AP and Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to the articles. Stay happy. 